0: cougs at house all right it always feels great to beat that school up by 45 so let's break down what happened in the basketball game (laughs) you are locked on cougs your daily podcast on the houston cougars part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Welcome to Locked On Cougars, daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston born teacher and coach Parker Angels. Here to break down all things Cougs. If you're U of H manager hey, if you can't stop by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way you can get the latest on the Cougs each and every day in your podcast feed. We appreciate being your first listen of the day. Welcome back to the YouTube channel. Again, we are climbing or almost at 325 the time here in this might be at a 325 subscribers. Remember, when we get to 500, We're Gonna do another big giveaway. I'm working with a company called Sparkle. We'll see what we can get out of. That one uh, just news to come there. Um, if you want to be entering those kind of things, a way to get five hundred subscribers, so make sure you subscribe and get us up, get us closer. And then you got to be commenting on the videos. If you cannot think of a thing to comment uh, or th- thing to say after talking about the SMU basketball game for a little bit, why don't you tell me? I don't know what's your favorite kind of jelly? putting your peanut and jelly. All right, so. Tonight, or today, I should say, we're going to talk some about the SMU basketball game. Um, there is a special bonus episode out as well. If you thought the game was boring, want to talk about something else basketball-related. In the other bonus episode, once you're done with this one, I'm going to recommend you go check out, uh, Talking a little bit about what's going on at UT, uh, UT Austin and kind of what that means for our head coach, Kelvin Sampson, because he's been rumored to be kind of high on some lists. That's in that episode. This one's all about SMU basketball game. Our first segment is going to be talking about kind of a game recap and look at some guys that stood out in the basketball game as far as, like, big key performances. Uh, the second segment is going to look at the benefits of playing these kinds of games because, again, Houston did win by uh, 34 points. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, what's the point of playing these 34-point blowouts? I guess you got to play all your American Conference games, right? But, like, what can you get out of these? We'll talk about what we got out of this one. And then the last one, uh, we're going to compare this to a- another high-scoring game, but play on the gridiron a few m- months ago. There's some weird crossover similarities between the Houston SMU football game and the Houston SMU basketball game. But first let's talk about that basketball game. So again, score was 87 to 53. Um, and it frankly felt farther apart than that for large stretches. Uh, SMU did score the first basket of the game and would not score again until make sure I pull this up correctly. The next basket, it was 24 to two before they scored again. Houston won what was a 24 to nothing run to open the basketball game after giving up against the first basket to uh smu it was a dominant start to finish kind of basketball game Game to drop at six o'clock this thing was over by 602 uh opened up with Jarris walker dunking on folks he had the first eight points to basketball game uh, really really impressive jump start out of him after he just had kind of a dud of a game over the weekend right he didn't make a field goal uh, and against UCF. And I think that was interesting there is in looking at this one, um, obviously his defense is the kind of thing where does he make some like freshman 18, 19 year old kid plays? Sure. And do those drive Kelvin Sampson head coach a little bit crazy. Yeah. But on the whole, he very, very clearly um, is a pro defender. And I got can plug and play as a start in the NBA, probably next year on a good team defensively. Now he'll get drafted too high to be on a good team, but you catch my drift there. Right. Um, offensively tonight he had a career high um finished excuse me i'm sorry finished the game with 23 points on 16 shots uh three of six and three point line which at six nine two forty five is kind of ridiculous also grabbed 10 boards make a complete double double i thought some of the more impressive plays that were his three assists he's got great court vision for a guy that size and truthfully um they didn't have to in this game. They used Jawan Roberts more in that spot instead, but he gets that nail mid range area. I think in that Virginia game, everyone called it the short roll, right? That kind of became the buzzword for the time. And he does a great job of creating from there. And so I was more impressed by some of those assists, even though we did have a career high 23 points, um, other guys in double figures, Juwan Roberts, 11 points, um, All of the shots of his that come to mind for me right off the top of my head are dunks. I guess he might have had one float. I can't remember if that was him or Javier. But, yes, uh, big, big impact down low for Jawan Roberts. Uh, Jawan Mark followed up a big game over the weekend. He started off hot in that game. Uh, This game, he kind of more even keeled 10 points across his 22 minutes. Um, 10 points on seven shots. I'll I'll take it. (laughs) Right. Uh, Marcus Sasser shot four of 10 from behind the arc. 14 points. Um, admittedly, he also had one bottom in and out, uh, so he very well could have had 17 and 5 for 10 shooting. Good to see him kind of get back on track. And 40 percent shooting from beyond the arc is what he was last season when it was like, oh my god, this guy's at least a first round draft pick. Um, so good to see him kind of get back on track there. Um, also had seven assists of his own. He had a couple nice drop offs to Jarrus and Jawan for dunks on drive and drops kind of stuff. Um, Javier Francis had just eight points. He didn't quite make double figures. But, oh, my goodness, were each of them thunder. I guess three of the four uh, made field goals in my head that I think of right away were thunderous backboard-shattering dunks. His length, uh, you know, no one on the court was taller than 6.99 for either team. Uh, His length made a huge, huge difference. He got the ball in the right block, pivoted under the basket, and rose up for a dunk to shatter or to, like, rattle the backboard. And I swear, like, I don't know, SMU kind of looked around like he can – he can move that far without a dribble. Like they were just taken aback by how much space he covered with how long his arms and legs are. Um, worth pointing out, I'm talking more about Terrence later. But Terrence Arsenal, the guard came off the bench, had 19 minutes and 10 points. Good to see him get kind of going in the book. Um, you know, Reggie Cheney did get some minutes in this game, so come back from some back stuff. So didn't get a whole lot of uh, run, but got nine minutes on the game. Uh, grab three while he's out there. Emmanuel Sharp uh, got to play a lot of backup guard minutes with the first guard off the bench as he's been for several games now. Uh, one of seven from deep. Again, he had one or two bottom in and out. And I feel like it's safe to say that uh will always <laughs> shoot the ball. He seems to have a short trigger as far as whenever he feels like he's open, the shot goes up. And what I like about him getting in the game now uh, is he's clearly playing more like what Kelvin Sampson wants on defense. And we know that's going to be like the key to getting him in the game a whole lot more. And yes, uh, this was the kind of game where uh, Ryan Elvin came in, uh, walk on sharpshooter from central Texas comes in about four minute. Mark came in, did make a three down the stretch. Um, and so a great performance all the way around from the Cougs. Um, I, I think offensively, the stats of stick out for themselves. Houston shot the ball very, very well. Um, it had some, Forced some misses, uh, had some misses down the stretch, trying to force some shots in some certain spots to some of the bench guys. But as a whole, they played most of the game at over 50% shooting, finished at 45.5% shooting uh, 10 of 30 from three. But again, several of misses from three down the stretch were trying to force the uh, shots to some certain guys. For a majority of the game, they're up closer to 40. Um, On the whole, a very, very strong night. I told you guys in the preview that I thought they'd have a good night rebounding the ball. They out rebounded SMU 54 to 26 at one point in the first half. I think it was, it was almost halftime. Maybe it was like that three, three quarter of the first half marks like halfway through, it would be the second quarter. Houston had missed 15 shots and had nine offensive rebounds. Tremendous effort on the boards. Uh, Just like, like all five guys swarming the basket each and every time Houston on the whole looked just bigger, stronger, faster, and if you would like to be bigger, stronger, stronger, and faster, and it's the new year and you're out there working out, let's talk some about how to do that with Bilt Bar. Now, if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the calories or fat, then you've got to try Built Bar. They got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little bit healthier this year. <laughs> I'm trying to get back in shape. It's been a while since I've been in shape. If you're like me and you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then the thing for you, and you've got to try built bar. Built bars are healthy and actually tasty. Seriously, so it's delicious that you won't think they're good for you. They're perfect for your New Year's resolution. What makes them so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in real 100% chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. Come in unbelievable flavors: churro, peanut butter brownie, uh, coconut almond. I'm not sure how built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros and what's even better is that they are healthy under only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein and now you don't have to wait around to get a box for years i've been talking about like where to order them from at built bars built bars can be ordered at built.com but now you can them at your local walmart or sam's club that's right head to your nearest walmart today walk in the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of built bars Pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream double chocolate or Cocoa Puffs. Uh, If you're a Sam's Club run, you can grab a 13-bar box and hit uh, some of the favorite flavors of brownie batter and churro. Trust me, you can thank me later. Now, I will say, you might have to go to Built.com for this specific flavor, but my favorite flavor is the Coconut Almond because it tastes just like an Almond Joy. I'm not lying. Go get Built Bars right now at Sam's Club Walmart or Built.com if you're trying to keep up your New Year's resolution and stay in shape. All right, so in looking at this game, I think it's easy to point out, like, everyone played well against SMU, and everyone did all the great things at SMU. And SMU, frankly, looked like they had no idea what hit them, right? Again, it was 24-2 before SMU hit their second basket, right? Um, Just out the gates, they had no athletes for Jarrett Walker. And SMU has a former McDonald's All-American, right? They know that no one that could get a shot off against anyone in the Cougars' uh, backcourt defense. They got a dude averaging 20 points and his backcourt teammates averaging 17. Like, they theoretically should have had a pretty decent mass up, matchup. We know this is a rivalry game, and Houston blew them out of the water. And frankly, for a lot of the game, it looked like Esme wasn't even really putting in the same kind of effort once they got down so much. So what does Houston get out of these kind of games? Well, A, obviously working towards American ch- Conference Championship should be great. But, B, there were still moments where they got to work on things. Houston did a lot better against the zone in the game – by moving the basketball um, and Houston at times this season, Virginia runs a pack line. So it's got zone tendencies, but it's not a zone. But when teams have beat Houston, have beaten up on Houston for stretches, because only one thing to beat Houston, then they actually do it with the zone to be fair. Um, but when teams have slowed Houston down offensively, it's because they get in the zone and Houston has trouble finding a hot hand from three, two over the top of it in Oregon, eventually we found Terrence arsenal, right? Uh, we also have seen Emmanuel Sharpie, that guy, obviously it's always great when Marcus Sasser's that guy. Um, and at some point, you find Houston found a guy to shoot over the top of the zone and kind of be a zone buster anyway. However, the way to beat a zone is not by just shooting and hoping it goes in from me on the arc because zones are made to give up those threes, right? The way to beat a zone is by moving the basketball and getting actually to the middle of it on the pass and forcing it to collapse in and upon itself. Houston did a much better job of that in the uh, SMU game, especially like in the late first half and for a stretch to start the second half, when STU tried to go to the zone to slow down the Houston offense, Houston did a great job of finding Juwan Roberts, and eventually also Reggie Chaney, and then a little bit of Jairus Walker in that mid-post area by reversing the ball fast enough before the defense could react, and then the post can get some high-low action, or face-up and kick to the opposite side action, while a Defense is like trying to figure out who's on first in a lot of ways. Um, if anything, the flaw in the zone offense, the thing that Samson and Co. will be working on in practice and film sessions this weekend leading up to uh, Sunday Cincinnati matchup, will be making sure that they don't overpass. The first turnover of the game for Houston came at late stretch of the first half when SMU went to a zone, not because Houston didn't have anybody open, but because everyone wanted to get the assist and not the basket. And while that is a problem, it's a much better problem to have, right? It's a much better problem to work with in that instance, because uh, frankly, it means that in film, it's as simple as that guy's got to score there. And then everyone can score from the spots they were standing at. It's just, it's a very selfless team. And Samson loves recruiting selfless players. So it's about making sure they know when it's their turn to score because you've got a bunch of guys that frankly can. The other thing I think was interesting about this game, as far as what Houston did, is they did get pressed that stretches the game, um, and so you got to see some of the guards working against that. I, Jamal Shedd looked frustrated as a veteran leader. We we'll get to more than a second, um, but not necessarily as far as breaking the press goes at the point guard spot. Um, Sasser was very very scrappy with it. Um, I also think it's interesting speaking of Sasser being scrappy with it that one thing I thought SMU did well and it was nice to see Houston respond with was. To some degree, Houston's speed took SMU off guard, I think. by I mean, the score speaks for itself. But SMU was a very physical basketball team. And Houston kind of got at points with shoving matchy kind of things and fighting for rebounds. Houston won most of the fights or whatever. Um, kind of got to taste their own medicine. A lot of teams look at Houston's defense and think of how aggressive physically they are. And while Houston overwhelmed... SMU. It was not from a physicality perspective. We got to see kind of what it looks like to butt heads with the, you know, similar shaped animal in a lot of ways, right? Where you're, you're constantly fighting for physical space. Houston was just quick enough to beat them to the ball so many more times, but the, the physicality I think, was a good matchup. The, the biggest thing that I take away from this game, and there's evidence from previous games of it too, was that this kind of a game got young guys big time run. At one point there's a lineup where you had Marcus Sasser as a veteran, Jairus Walker is a starter, but he's 19, like just turned 19. Um, and then you had Javier Francis, who is technically a sophomore, but also just 19. Uh, you had Emmanuel Sharp and Terrence Arsenal, two freshmen that are also 19. Suddenly you have a teenage lineup more or less out there, and they're getting live game rep action against an opponent they don't necessarily know as well as like they would at practice with themselves, right? And those kinds of moments we see like Emmanuel Sharp grow out of because, you know, Two months ago, we were on the same podcast, you and I talking, and I was like, you know, Emmanuel Sharp's weakness is his defense. He had a major, like, crazy big leg, uh, broken leg injury a little over a year ago. He did transfer into Houston and in rehab as a redshirt freshman in the second half of last basketball season. But, in a lot of ways, like it'd been a lo- first of all, it'd been a long time since he's played a basketball game, and then the speed of the game was still so so much for him that defensively he was kind of out of place. But in these blowouts against a little bit lesser competition than SMU, maybe um, you got to see him get out there and miss defensive assignments, bluntly, like miss them, miss them. And in this game, and frankly, in the Tulsa game and the UCF game, as he's become the first guard off the bench for Houston. You've seen Emmanuel Sharp do things like tag the roller from the backside, do things like rotate over when they're screen. So like Houston likes to like trap the ball screen. You've seen him rotate over, take away the first pass from the other side, right? Like these kinds of actions are things that he was, I want to say a step slow, but really it's more like two or three steps slow just four weeks ago, right? And so getting those live games, obviously they're working hard at practice. I don't mean to say they're not but you're seeing it translate from game to game, and he is getting visibly better. And the kid that's happened with for three games in a row now is Beaumont United's own Terrence Arsenal. Now, Terrence may be a second-round draft pick at the NBA draft for tomorrow as it stands because he is tall, he is long, he has a clear guard with his handle, and he can shoot. And frankly, when it comes to shooting, he ain't scared at the moment. I can go back and pull up the Beaumont United tape right now. That dude has got the clutch gene. But defensively he has run into issues over the course of the season. And it was really, really cool to see at various points in the game against SMU. Admittedly, Jarris is a freshman, but has played a lot more minutes this season. Jarris put his arm around his shoulder. Hey, T.A., this is what got to do. And you can see him pointing through the rotations he wants Terrence to make. Hey, I'm going to be blitzing there on that ball screen. I need you to slide over. Those kinds of conversations were visibly happening, right? You saw it when... uh he was in, uh, Terrence Arsenal was in with Jamal Shedd in the second half. SMU's pressing. There's no press break. It's going to bring you back from down thirty. But they're press break. They're running a press, and Houston's on their press break. And Terrence, for so much of his life, has just been able to out athlete guys to go catch a ball to break a press, and then you know just be the best athlete in floor or whatever because he's a pro athlete, or soon to be pro athlete that. He isn't used to like schematically breaking down a press. And now he's not able to quite out athlete guys in the same way. And so y'all, it was a moment of frustration for Jamal shed. Jamal took it out from underneath the basket and was running on the sideline, trying to find somewhere to throw the ball in and actually tried to get the ball into Terrence. Terrence didn't make the biggest effort for the ball. Ball gets turned over quickly for SMU. And Jamal is talking to Terrence and like coaching Terrence up on what to do on the floor. And Samson calls a timeout and you clearly see them walk over and, uh, Jamal is still coaching him up. And it was cool to see, like, I, from my understanding, it looked like I don't know that Samson said a whole lot in that timeout. The coaching was coming from Jamal, who's also on the floor, singing and has been the point guard for this team for a long time now and understands what they're trying to do. Um, And so to see that learning happening, I bet if they get pressing in Cincinnati on Sunday and you've got Terrence Arsenal in the game, it looks a little bit different because he's getting coached up on the fly getting to work through things in game situations. And it's really really cool to see this work out for Samson's club like this, because again, we've seen the growth already in Emmanuel. I could talk about Jairus Walker all day long, but we're going to talk about him all season long, but to see it happen this game so well and see the visible moments of it for Terrence were really, really cool. Now it's about to be time to jump in the football weirdness, but it's so much football weirdness. All right. So in this football weirdness, um, I keep saying weirdness. Because I don't know what else to describe it, but for reference, the football game, if you don't remember, um, was 77 to 63 SMU. Now 77, 63 is a total of 20 touchdowns scored in the football game. And frankly, each team, I think had like maybe one punt. I guess SMU had the one fake punt. Houston had three big turnovers. It felt like every team was going to score 10, touchdowns ball in like four minutes or less. Cause bluntly, 20 touchdowns in a 60-minute football game is scoring a touchdown. Some teams score a touchdown in four minutes or less every single touchdown, right? Um, Defense was just not played uh, in Dallas for that football game. Um, And frankly, a lot of people called for Belk's job, and I think Belk's got you know done very well at other things, but that's another podcast for the off-seasons, right? Um, But that was a crazy football game. And the joke became very quickly, oh, well, like it's like a basketball score because that's what we say every time a football team scores over 50 points. It's like a basketball score because that's just the only sport that scores 70 points, right? Um, so to go through some numbers here, and I tweeted this out, but I'll re- read through and then break down why it's kind of odd. Um, the football game was 77 to 63. The basketball game, and they will play again, but currently the ba- the one basketball we've got to schedule for the season was 87 to 53. I teach history, not math. But if I add those things together, the football game had a total of 140 points scored. The basketball game had a total of 140 points scored. That's a really weird coincidence. And I, I, I don't know what it's besides a coincidence. So maybe some divine intervention to call this a flip flop from it. But that's that's a weird thing. Houston's basketball team scored more than SMU's football team. And Houston's football team scored more than SMU's basketball team, and several people on the internet and I have talked about how that means we won the whole thing. Um, also, if you combine the scores, Houston's football and basketball team score adds up to one hundred and fifty, and SMU's football and basketball score adds up to one hundred and thirty, and so Houston wins the rivalry. Now, I don't think SMU could possibly beat the Houston Cougars in a basketball game by twenty points in Dallas in a it's a was it a month? Uh, today's the sixth. It's a month and ten days. Um, I will say that uh, that still feels relatively close. Um, I admittedly Houston's winning games by 30, and close to 40 points. Maybe that's why 20 points feels close. But this is an interesting way to end the rivalry. Now, I say end the rivalry. There is one more game this season. But truthfully, the likelihood of Houston for a while more than the Big 12 ever playing Houston again in either football or basketball after the season's over feels kind of low because it is a rivalry because they're up the road, but the goal of Houston will be to be, build this big 12 program using big Twelve TV dollars very, very soon and quickly. And I don't know how much you're going to do that getting to play the SMU's of the world. Now SMU is building their programs up. I mean, Lashley's got their football going, I, I, I guess in the right direction. i would give some of the credit there to Sonny Dykes, who's no longer there. Um, and then I, I do like uh, the football, the basketball coach, Rob Lanier, who just got there. I think he's got a cool story. Long time division one assistant, um, and and finally getting his first it's not quite a big time job but he's moving up for was with like georgia state before, it right? um i think they're heading the right direction but they're far far behind the pace of what houston's supposed to be doing i say it's supposed to be because they did beat us in football so i guess i can't say is doing but certainly what they're supposed to be doing right um and so in wrapping up this rivalry um i i think they need to keep running it up we play them on again uh um, about in mid february i think it's a Thursday night of in Dallas. Um, I don't know if you're doing that Friday, but if not drive on up <laughs> and truth be told, this is the kind of rivalry. I think Houston's got to run up because, you know, especially that first couple years in the big 12, they'll probably still be recruiting a lot of the kids and they'll definitely be recruiting a lot of the kids in the transfer portal because kids will be looking at like, do I go to Houston, a team where I might have a shot to play that just got to the big 12, or do I take a step back and play in the American conference? If it's a power five type of recruit. And I I think they're gonna have to pick that battle some. Frankly, the other part of this too is that both teams have kids from the other city, right? Like we love Sasser, but he's kind of a DFW kid. Right. Um, now he's become Houston's own. So we we take ownership of him, but he is from Red Oak, right? Um, and then they had a kid on their roster when I was doing the preview. We mentioned him from Houston, uh the big guy at uh, Digby. Um And so, I I guess that is to say, like, these two teams will compete in a lot of ways off of the playing surfaces. So, we need to kind of make sure that since football, you know, didn't get, didn't quite go our way, that in both basketball games, we make sure we push it to where it's no contest. Like, there's nothing close about this. And what's interesting is, like, this was a 34 point win in basketball. But as I told you guys in the preview, like, they're not a bad basketball team. They've got high scoring backcourt guys, they've got a four McDonald's All American at forward. They're, they're gonna be all right, and so it's interesting for, to see. will be like, what it looks like at home in about a month. We'll talk more about that as we get there, um, and what can we expect from them on the way there. We we'll talk about all that as we head towards that game in mid February. We'll be getting ready for the Cincinnati Bearcats on Sunday. Uh, so make sure you check me out on Twitter to talk about all those things. It's at Painsworth five one two on all your social media handles. Um, P a i n s w o r t h five one two Twitter, Instagram, I have Be B-reel and a TikTok, um, all, all the things, all the things. Uh, what I will say is, thank you for making us your first listen today. For a second listen, there is a bonus episode out as well. Go check that out. We're talking about the coaching situation at UT Austin and why that's not a thing that they need to be looking at Samson for and why Samson should just go ahead and preemptively turn that one down. We break that down in the bonus episode today. Uh, so make sure you go check that out if you're looking for a listen after locked on cougs day i'm gonna recommend locked on college basketball not just because i was on it for two segments the other day but because they're breaking down the latest in college basketball each and every day so make sure you check that out as well thank you all so much for tuning in today locked on cougs a proud member of the locked on podcast network your team every day go cougs